I was a little afraid. I'd be like, all right. So I would start the topic and you'd be like, that's not what we're talking about today. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert. And I'm Jess Gorman, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... On The Introvert's Guide 2, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguide to stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments. Or... Doing so well. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Do you ever feel in your job like you're expected to be more extroverted than you are particularly comfortable with? Okay. So as a lot of you listeners know, I used to work customer service. We've all heard me bitch and complain on here about it and how much I hated it. And that's why I left. I'm at a new job and it's going great. Um, A little rocky start, but here we are. Although the job is not so much customer service anymore, I do have to be on the phone constantly with their project managers. I've got vendors that I'm speaking to. And of course, our clients that I have to talk to. It can sometimes feel like an eight-hour shift of talking the entire time, but I'm not. But it can really drain you quickly. And I thought that's what I was getting away from. But here I am. (laughs) What's funny is years ago when I was interviewing, I haven't interviewed for a job in a long time. I've been in my current job for nine years. But when I would interview or when I would apply for a job, the thing that I felt like you had to say was that I am an outgoing people person. I'm outgoing, whatever, like outgoing had to be part of the description because companies didn't want someone who wasn't a team player. It was okay. It was outgoing team player. That was the phrase. You have to be an outgoing team player, and they didn't want somebody who might be shy or introverted. So you had to come in being like, hey, hey, I'm ready to join this team, you know, whatever. And and just like at the end of the day, you like you leave and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Okay. Number one, you said team player twice and you had the exact same inflection each yep. time. This, yep. this is not your first rodeo. No, no, no. Second of all, you sounded like Krusty the Clown, and I really love that. I'm I aware. What? Does, does, does that does that tell you about how I feel like that whole rigmarole of like claiming that you're an outgoing team player? <laughs> you know, like, hey, here's me. 
not being myself. I've got to pretend that I'm somebody I'm not just to get a job at this company. And then for yeah. for weeks afterwards, I have to be like, yes, I'm ready to go out after work. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm a outgoing person. Meanwhile, you're like, yeah, yeah. Do your cheekbones ever hurt? Because mine hurt. Mine do after spine. I don't do that much. anymore. Oh, I do. I still do. And I'm trying to stop. But I can feel myself, my cheeks going. And in my head, it's like, a <laughs> like, feel great. I, I don't have to do a lot of, a lot of calls in my current position. When I do, I come in as the person, as the voice of authority. So I don't have to be like, Hey, hi there. I'm here with the, the company and here's, you know, we're, we're all so outgoing and friendly and all this sort of stuff. I sit there, I get introduced and I say, hello. And I say, and I tell them what's what, and they, then we get into like the technical aspects of it, but I don't have to do that anymore. But man, I did I did my time and it's it's not so much that that like my cheeks would hurt but like after a bunch of calls you just you're like how do I take a break so that nobody comes with me so that I can have 15 minutes 50 just 15 minutes of time by myself yeah I'm grateful that we both work from home because of that there's nothing like being in one of those open concept offices and everyone around you can hear what's going on. And as soon as you get off the phone, everybody turns around and is like, what was that about? Yeah. And yeah. they just want to go take a breath of fresh air and not rehash the whole thing. So for that, I think we got it good on that part. Even if it isn't a tough call, like, you know, you've taken call after call after call. And we've talked about how those open concept offices are terrible for introverts and really terrible for productivity as far as I'm concerned. But you, you might be doing, you'll do like three or four calls and then you're like, take a break. You stand up and everybody watches you stand up and like take off your headset. And they're like, oh, are you going for coffee? Can I come? And there's no way for you to say, no, I need, because you haven't, it's not like you're having a bad day. You can't be like, no, I just need some time alone. Because suddenly you'll be like, Oh, Phil's having a bad day. What's going on? We should all like talk to him and figure out what's wrong. Oh my gosh, yeah, everyone get him a card. We'll all sign it. Yeah, and then we'll call more. We'll call attention to him. We'll put him in a room and we'll be like, "Hey, what's wrong? We're here for you. We're here to support you." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing says cry for help like introversion. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I kind of wonder, you know, because the number of of companies that make it pretty clear that they are looking for an outgoing team player, especially when there's the office culture situation, is it's a pretty common thing for people to say they that even if they don't explicitly say that they're looking for somebody outgoing, they are looking for somebody outgoing. And so you come into the interview, whether it's a virtual one or otherwise, and you're like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Phil. You know, hey." You know, you're putting on like this, this like outgoing persona because that's how you get the job. And I don't know how this requirement for work came to be so common and proliferate so much. It, it hasn't become mutually exclusive that more reserved people still have that work ethic against the people who are those chipper outgoing people because as we know somebody who presents themselves as maybe more reserved or maybe they're shy they don't screen success 
And I think that's a really toxic thing to look in for people to work with, people to be around with and associate with because really putting them in a box. Yeah. And it shouldn't be equated that way. And then that's what forces us to take on that extroverted veneer of, I'm here. Yeah. Team here. Yeah. I've heard of people who are more introverted complaining that their boss complains they don't chat enough. They're not, there's not enough banter that they're not uh, walking around the office talking to people enough. And it's kind of like, I always felt like if I did that, you would be like, you're not working hard enough. But there's like that, like, work hard, but also be friendly, but not too friendly, but work hard and also say hello to absolutely everybody. Do you think that's just their poor way of trying to cultivate like a team atmosphere? And it's just absolutely missing the mark. I think it's I think it's the only way that a lot of leaders in offices know how they feel like if people are bantering, if people are talking, if people are like going for lunch together, if they're like going out after work, then they've cultivated an office culture that is it's family. It's friendly. It's like a really good cohesive thing. And it doesn't make room for people who are uncomfortable with that. Yeah, it doesn't take into the fact that those people who are not comfortable with it also have to, you know, treat their family as family, treat their friends as friends and have all these different obligations that they may not necessarily have the emotional capacity to fit other people in right into that context. Yeah, but work doesn't really care about that. They just want you working. They just want you if you if all of your energy is here, that's good for us. They don't just want you working. Come on now. They want you making family here. They want a real rock star. Yeah. Uh, Don't even get me started on how referring to your company as family is a way that they try to trick you into doing more work. It's a red flag. It totally is. But it's so common that a company would be like, we're family here. And you're like, "Um, yeah, until you need to lay people off and then you're not family anymore because that's how companies work. We want you to treat us like family, treat everybody like family. But you know what? If things aren't going so well, we will cut and run. To take a side dive here with being the part-time extroverts, Mm. is that partially why we took a bit of a break from this podcast for a bit? Hmm. I'm not sure, is it? Because I never feel like the two of us are um, pretending to be extroverted when we're doing this show. Um, I don't think so either. I I always feel like, because, you know, I mean, it's really easy to have a good conversation when you sit down with a friend, you know, one friend and you go for a coffee or whatever and you can have a conversation. Yeah. And it's a really good conversation. I feel like that's what we do here. I don't I don't feel like that's the reason why we took a break. I think we took a break because we need to take a break now. I took a break partially because of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, okay, so. I have had the new chapter Mm-hmm. Of not just becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Playdates are now a thing. Oh, shit. Yep. Yep. And those playdates now also become the, hey, my kid is very comfortable with you. Do you think maybe you would sit for us every once in a while? Oh, yeah. And we've got the family obligation. Right. And you've got the friend obligation. I had three weekends in a row posting. What? And Oh, yeah. Three weekends in a row as house guests. And so I just want to also give a moment of, hey, this podcast, such a safe space. Such a safe space. 
And I think that thing that drew me to this episode discussion is it made me question, am I an introvert anymore or am I becoming ambivert or extroverted? And it actually brought me to a small realization that I ambivert, extrovert, introvert, not choices in life. Choice right now of jam-packing my schedule, that was a bad choice that I made. It is not a comment on who I am and how mm -hmm. I socialize and how I need to recharge. Mm -hmm. And I think that these are just small seasons in our lives. And then I thought again, what's the difference between full-time, part-time? Well, full-time, you got your maximum hours of 40 hours a week if you live in Canada and you kind of can five-day week. Oh my gosh. But then part-time has your hours capped. You usually don't work past like your 25 hours, right? And then that's it. I find that I have kept my hours and I kept going into full-time and then I had to go, I'm taking a leave. I got to take a leave for a minute here. Yeah. And that was the tough part when you're realizing you're in that season of feeling like the extrovert. And frankly, I don't know how they do it. Well, there's a distinct difference. And when you were saying, like, I, I don't know if I was feeling like an ambivert or, or more of an extrovert, I, I suddenly was like, you know what? It's not it's not the activity that makes you an ambivert or an extrovert. It's how you feel when it's done. Right. And so if you were if you were like, oh, all this socializing, it feels so good. I want more. Then you've started to make that shift more towards extroversion. But I don't think that's how you were feeling at the end of three weekends of uh, of house guests, plus a play date, plus babysitting, plus just having a baby and all that sort of stuff, plus work. I don't think that's that makes you I think you were feeling, oh, yes, I want more of this. I think you were probably feeling like I need I need a lot less of this. What does it take me so much less? Just the weekend that passed, we made the choice to not have any plans. None whatsoever. Nice. Yeah, it was glorious. Nice. And that was a long weekend? Oh, yeah, it was, baby. Best time oh, yeah. to have no plans. Best time to have no oh, plans. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. just, just splash pad and that was it. Yeah. yeah. You don't need anything more than that. Nope. It's good to have the chill times, especially if you were like, go, go, go for so long. And I think that is the thing that can be so damaging about feeling like you were forcing yourself to be extroverted when you are not. Because that action takes away from what you have bandwidth for in everything else you suddenly have no bandwidth for you know socializing for family for for babysitting for play dates for any of that because you have been forcing yourself to be more outgoing to to seem more extroverted and it's it's very difficult to recover from that like you go into like an energy deficit mm -hmm. i a God love him. I have a really great friend. And he, we was visiting a little while ago. And I was, we were just talking about this show he wants to write. And he's a great writer. And one night prior to this hangout, he had sent me a text on a Saturday night. And it was like nine o'clock at night. I'm exhausted. I'm in bed at this point. And he sends me a text saying, hey, I have a show pitch. Can I send it to you? And I said, sure, send it in an email and I'll get to it on Monday, first thing in the morning. And then he says, it's just one sentence. Okay, can you just, just one sentence? I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> Sends me the sentence. I gave out, whoa, it was really good. Good job. 
does he not send me a long paragraph, a paragraph of what he wants to the show? And I was like, that's exactly what I wanted to avoid. So yes. when he was here, we were talking about that show. And thankfully, we had another friend here off the record. It was Carlin. Carlin came to visit. That's fun. Back home. While he was here. We were discussing the show. We had another friend here. And when he was, he, he kind of made one of those jokes of, oh, I guess Jess can't handle the one sentence pitch line right now nowadays, eh? And I'm like, no, I can't. It was just nine o'clock at night. He's like, nine? Oh my God, you're coming. You're so old. You can't even stay up past nine. And this friend was just like, dude, she's got a kid. You're so lucky you got a response at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, it made me think for a second of why did I respond at all? I didn't yeah. have to. No. I could have just I could have just put that on there. And it was that tendency to feel like I owe the explanation. Mm. I owe an obligation to socialize. Then I remember that, you know, I don't have to fall into the extroverted tendencies on my time. Yeah. I, I allotted that time. That's mine. You 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 gave up your time. And and the thing is, like nine o'clock, you didn't say that you were going to bed at nine o'clock. I didn't. Right? Nine o'clock can be the start of your wind down time, right? And you could be like, I just don't do screens after nine o'clock. Or you could and not that you even like owe oh, the explanation. Like there's so many reasons why a text comes in and you you leave it unread, right? You just sort of like you see that it came in, you see it on your screen, you're like, I'm not going to even open that in the Messenger app, and they will see that I received it but haven't read it. Okay, see, listen, we, we can go there, but this is also falling very close to my ADHD, out of out of sight, out of mind. Do you know how many messages I have left on read by accident? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Maybe not the best choice for you, but the thing is... See, for me, I see a notification and I'm going to I'm going to read it. Right? The trick is that like if I don't read it now, I will read it later. Cause I don't want that situation, especially if they're like, if they can see that I read it, if it's got a read receipt, and I'm like, they see that I've read it and now they're like, oh, he read it now. Is it gonna respond? And now we wait. And now they wait. Meanwhile, they're getting more and more offended. So I try to avoid that situation. I just sort of like I will answer that when I have capacity. I like that. You've assaged the guilt right out. Yes. That is Good. to say, I, depending on who it is, I might be like, should answer that, you know? Like, I don't do that to my girlfriend. I answer her all the time, you know? But there are friends where you're like, you should just answer that. That's, you know, you, much like you did. The, the thing that you knew your friend was going to do when they sent you the one sentence pitch. I knew it. Like, it's just one sentence, plus an entire paragraph that describes what I want to do with the show. It gives me more details. So they, I don't know, did they know that their one sentence pitch also was a, a, like a one sentence plus a paragraph, or were they just, like, they knew what they were doing, I think. I think, okay, so I think this friend is, you know, they're an extroverted person. So, and, and you know, they, you know, no kids, works at a, a job where they're overnight so they're up all night it i think they just lost time 
that's and and nine o'clock is very late for some of us. <laughs> like I I can feel myself getting tired at like eight fifteen sharp, which is sure. now apparently. I'm still good. I'm still good. I'm awake. We're good. We're good. But I think he's just he gets sucked into this vacuum. And you know, whenever you see your friends light up when they're talking about something that they just find so interesting or they're passionate. Absolutely. I think it's one of those, he sent a good pitch and it was mm. a good pitch. I'm yep. really excited for the show. Mm. It was just a, oh good, here's what I'm thinking. And then I didn't want to say anything because I'm so excited for them. But I think he just got sucked into his own excitement that he's so sure I'm existing. Yes, it is. It is hard. And I used to, I used to work on a shift where I finished work at midnight. Which is not my natural state. I'm an early riser. That's what I do. I write, I wake up early and I, I go to bed relatively early-ish. And when I was doing that shift, it's very hard to see what other people who are outside of that shift are are at. Like, you're still awake, but they're in bed. And you're like, I wish I could talk to somebody, things like that. On the other side, on the other side of it, when your friends are like, hey, we're going to a movie and it's at eight o'clock. And you're like, I work at that time. So have fun without me. Yeah. Oh, funny side bit here. Speaking of the movies, I went to the movies not too long ago. And I went to an eight o'clock show. And they had those recliner seats. You fell asleep? I, I did. I fell asleep. I hope you didn't go to I hope you didn't go to like a VIP and you spent a lot of money on that movie. Oh no. No, no, no. Scene points. We go for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I see movies now. I go to the VIP, there's fewer people, and you sit at the back. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, how do you deal with this forced extroversion? Whether you're something you're doing to yourself or that there's the expectation of work, how do you deal with that throughout the day? Throughout the day, I should really be taking my own advice and your own advice and screens off at a certain point, but who does that these days? But TikTok is so alluring. It's so, it's so, it just keeps your attention, right? Oh, and I just keep finding like all these amazing like documentaries on there, little things that I fall down a rabbit hole and then I can't stop. And then I'm sending them to friends and I do this to myself. This is the introvert side too, and I do it to myself. <laughs> but I mean, but, the thing is that, that it doesn't have to be like I put screens away at nine o'clock. There are different yeah. ways that you could deal with it throughout the day. But like, you know, taking advantage of having two 15 minute breaks and a half hour break. I am guilty of doing house chores during that time, throwing that load of laundry in, getting dinner prepped. And I think I need to remember that those are breaks. They're, they're actually allotted breaks that you're not in, obligated to do anything. Yeah. I wish I could give more advice about how I make that time for myself during the day when I am the part-time extrovert. But honestly, I think it comes down to finding ways to remind myself throughout the house, throughout the day of what I can do to take care of myself. So I struggle with it. I think I think it's that that we live in a society that ha- that's like, you could be more productive. You could do more during the day. You could do more. And it's like, I do enough. And my breaks need to be my breaks. Like, I need to make sure that I have, that I have 
downtime and that I'm not like finishing my day job and going on to something else. I need time. Even if I have things scheduled, I need like minimum of 30 minutes of like stop um, just to just to, to 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 be able to have the energy to do the next thing. Well, then I think that's a good, like I'm interested to know how you do it. If you take 30 minute breaks in between, because you, not only do you do this podcast, you do stage worthy. You've got, yeah. you know, you've got your other shows, projects that you're working on. And especially when fringe season rolls around. The fringe season, all the, all my, all the usual things that go out the window. Like if I'm seeing a bunch of shows, I have to remember to like eat. Like I remember one year I was doing fringe and I fringe, fringe, fringe. And then, at, like, I was in the evening, and I was like, "Why am I so fucking angry right now?" And I was suddenly like, "Oh, I didn't eat anything because I didn't give myself time for food." So I don't do that anymore. But on the average day, I never go from one thing, say work, immediately to the next. I don't schedule a, a podcast that I'm recording right when work finishes. I give it a, a minimum of an hour to two hours between between those. And if I'm working on a creative project, I don't I don't do that in between, and I don't try to fill that time with something that's that's productive or something like that. I take the time. Usually, I will fire up a video game or something just to you need the brain off time, and that's a great way to give it to yourself. You know, just to to do that, just to have something that is not another project, and and so I always buffer with zero time zero scheduled time on either side of anything that i'm planning on doing mm, okay and see i think that's the part where i was struggling because it would hit like five o'clock five o'clock would hit and my work office everything is right beside the living room so as soon as i come out mom mode on dinner time mm-hmm. bedtime mm-hmm. then we've got anything that i got you know like other obligations that happen and then i think it hits like about 9 30 and then i go good lord tiktok looks really good right now that's because you never stopped that's because you didn't stop oh yeah exactly i i just keep going yeah is when you were when you come out of the office into the living room are you still alone at that time or are you is are you like in mom mode because baby is there immediately mom mode okay and i think it doesn't help too that you know when Steve comes home with with our wee man. I can I can hear him and the mom brain suddenly goes off of okay, I can hear him crying. Get out there. Make sure he's got a snack. Occupy and redirect. And don't get me wrong, I, I do treasure those times. It's really people to come out and play with them and I love it. And you know, I took him out to the slide today and and just took him for a little walk around the block. And it was great. It was just a Again, I'm on for somebody. Even with children, you are always on. Yeah. 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 And you're not even having full conversation. You're just on. No. And it, it's it's focused attention. So it's even more work, right? So you're like, you don't even have to be having a conversation because you are focusing your attention on on on, on mom mode, right? Yeah. And so it's almost because some conversations you go into you go into autopilot, right? You're doing a thing and you're having the conversation. They don't take your full attention. Yeah. But the child needs all of that attention. So, of course, when you get to 9 o'clock and TikTok starts to look really good, that's because you haven't had a second for yourself in the day. I'm trying to remember for the life of me what this 
phrasing is of somebody who doesn't get any time to themselves during the day and so they they just stay up all night it's like they're it's like own time to yourself that you're taking back but you're sacrificing right. sleep now yeah so you have to yeah. do it and that is a major problem absolutely it's a major problem it's a it's a, it's a big problem because you're you're not sleeping you need that you yeah. know it's hard because i imagine that your mornings are mom mode as well so that you wake up your mom mode you go to work your work mode you come out of work and then your mom mode until nine o'clock when you're tiktok mode yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I feel very seen right now. No, no, but it's it's hard, right? Yeah. And this is the thing is it's easy for me. I do not have a child that requires my attention. That doesn't so matter. Here's giving myself I know, but like there's nothing that requires me. There's nothing that is demanding of my time as soon as I'm done work. So I have that freedom and I, I have that the privilege to be able to say I give myself this a minimum of 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, there are responsibilities to come with bringing a life into this world. And one of them is that you have to pay attention to them. We, the, to do opposite is neglect. And we don't, this is not, this is not the kind of person that you are. So like, this is the thing is somehow there's, you're pushing your extroverted, like faking, you're faking as pushing, you're faking being an extrovert for eight hours out of the day and then you are in mom mode and then you're in bed mode. So somewhere in there, there needs to be time. And maybe the thing that you could carve out for yourself is in those scheduled breaks, not doing chores because they are breaks. What are you trying to say about me and my chores? I'm trying to say... <laughs> that perhaps you are unhealthily dedicated to your chores. And I can see how uncomfortable. The idea of you not doing chores during your breaks is so antithetical to your natural tendencies that you are so uncomfortable. Anybody watching the video right now, pay attention to Jess. Pay attention to Jess because she is so uncomfortable right now because I suggested that she not do chores. But the laundry's right there. <laughs> I, and it I, still will be later. Very true. It's true. It's true. And and you know I, I've been doing really good at the end of the night doing my half hour timer. I just have to remember to do that right before work, because mm -hmm. I I drop them all I, in the morning. You got to get them up, get them yeah. breakfast, get them ready for daycare. Out he goes, come home, and I get like that half hour before I have to get to my desk and power everything yeah. up and and get started. Sometimes I find if I do like a, oh, why don't they get my space all set up? I equate that to vacuum the floors, do a quick, uh, yeah, all the countertops wiped down, get the bed made, do everything. And then mm -hmm. I go, oh, five minutes. I got enough time for my coffee. And that's about it. So I think that right there is a little moment that half hour right before work. Don't even look at my beautiful Dyson vacuum. No. Don't, don't, don't. Don't. Not don't. dishes. As, what are those? As lovely as that Dyson vacuum might be, as tempting as that Dyson vacuum might be, what you need more is to charge the batteries for the day ahead because otherwise um, you're not going to have time for it. And then the time that you could have is devoted to TikTok at the end of the day. Very true. And that's just it, is I'm trying to realize if this is, 
a season or is this real life now right like i know that this you know babies and toddlers you know and that's that's what we're coming into we're coming into the toddler area and i'm i'm realizing okay this is my life now i am i'm mom right i'm a full-time working woman got a good career going i've got my hobbies and passions in life i'm pursuing now i gotta balance this out with being a mom this is such a short period of time overall in my life but how long does this last where i don't have to organize play dates where i don't have to think about a sleep schedule and i don't have to think about making sure that all the family members see the little guy you know it's how long of a season is this? <laughs> Probably about uh, 10 to 12 years. Yeah, about there. Yeah. Wait, if I'm organizing play dates in 10 years, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> it's not <true>. me. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. But this is this is the thing, right? Is is there the this can be all encompassing, right? All of this stuff and that's how you end up wondering in 5 to 6 years who am I? Where's my where is the person that I was, right? And and that is that is a common thing because we have we live in a society that requires requires air quotes that moms be perfect, be super moms, be do everything for their families and nothing for themselves. Right? That's how we equate success for the mother role is just for now while you're a mother, just erase yourself for a bit and concentrate on the family. And it is an unfair expectation that is also enforced by other moms on each other, which is kind of gross. The day I left all of the mom groups on Facebook was a good day. Yeah. Oh, it was how, so good. How long ago was that? Had to have been a year ago. <laughs> I remember mentioning this a long time ago. Oh, I left the mom group. It felt so good. No, went right back in. Went right back in. But now I'm out. It's been a year. I'm good. And now my newsfeed is all flooded with the awesome stuff. Nice. All the, yeah. You gotta, oh, that's, you know, that's a thing too. Cultivating your social media, if that's how you're also passing the time, cultivate it so it's good stuff. Curate it, as a good friend you once said. You well, I mean, curate. Absolutely curate because so much of what we watch on you know, TikTok, for example, whatever you put in is what you get out. So if you are, if, if it's making you mad and you keep watching stuff that's making you mad, you're going to keep getting stuff that makes you mad. You have to, once you start going down that hole, I catch myself sometimes. I get like, oh, there's, I'll get stuff and I'll start like, I'll watch like a video to the end and then it gives me more stuff. Or oh, you like being angry. Do you? You like being angry. Do you? And then you have to make the conscious decision. I am going to zip past that stuff and watch stuff that makes me happy. And that's what the algorithm does is it feeds you what you put in. And so that you have to even cultivate what you're watching on there so that it, it doesn't start serving you the stuff that makes your life worse. Absolutely. One of the one of the things about this situation is I think that we've all, like we were saying, we've all been in a situation where we have to push uh, a way that we don't feel years ago at a company we did this it was like this like personality test it was certainly more in-depth than the myers-briggs 
It was a big one. It took a, it took like about an hour and a half to do the test. And then I gave you this book that like described you and you were able, you could sit down with your manager and say, this is me and this sort of stuff. But it talks about the stuff that you did naturally and the stuff that is, is antithetical. But what do you have to push in your daily life? What are you pushing to do more of that is not your natural state? And you would find that, oh, I'm, I'm, I am a person who does not, I'm not extroverted or whatever, but I push, I put extra energy into being that way in my work. And when I do that, how does that make me feel as I, as it is antithetical to how I, how my natural state. And it sort of was a, a great way to have the conversation about where am I naturally and what happens to me when I, when I act in a way that is antithetical to my natural tendencies. Oh, that is so true. And, you know, so like that is really speaking to this time right now is I am working so hard against my natural tendencies. Mm. My my own way of wanting to navigate this world is is all nav- you know, determined by the other things in my life. And. I think maybe I'm coming to a point now where I have to flip it and these things have to work with me or I I can't have them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, as much as I love those playdates, I love those family times, three weekends in a row. It's too much. It's like a whole month has almost gone by. Yeah. You get one weekend out of that month. Yeah. Yikes. So it's almost like you need to like put in the calendar. This is the weekend for family stuff. These other weekends to balance that out, that's for us. Absolutely. You know, so that that way you can, you can be like, oh, you could plan in advance. You're going to, I'm going to see the, see my folks on this weekend. And that means that next month we see your folks or that sort of thing, just so it's not constant, like every weekend, because, you know, we're in that time of year when the, uh, the social obligations are more in winter, we tend to slow down and we, we hibernate a little bit more, but as soon as it gets warm, it's expected that we're all going to go out and like do stuff and like so many activities yeah. and that's too much. Oh, definitely. I I caught myself a couple of weeks ago on Pinterest with a whole bunch of summer activities, things to do for the little guy and things that are going to keep him stimulated all the weekends and give him something to do. And then I stopped and went, oh, here we go again. We're falling into that rabbit hole. And, you know, there are going to be some weekends where he's going to be bored and that's okay. Being bored is a great thing for a kid. They, they can inspire themselves to get interested in something. You know, it's fascinating because I remember being a kid and of course it's a different time now. When I was a child, my parents in the summer would say, go outside and come back when the lights come on or like come back for dinner. Like that would be the thing. And so we would like go outside and we'd make do with the other kids in the neighborhood and we'd play games and just like occupy ourselves, right? Yeah. You can't really say that to kids anymore because the way that the, the culture has changed. But so many times we do not let our let children be bored. And boredom, like you say, is a great way to teach a child to take care of themselves, to find things, to to imagine things like if you are bored and you're just like, you know, my, we, I used to, I remember being a kid and being like, I'm bored. And everything you have toys in your room. 
And you would go upstairs and you would like, I don't want to fly. And then you'd pick up a toy and you'd, suddenly you'd be like flying this guy and you'd get this guy. And suddenly you'd have a whole, like, you'd play a whole thing that you came up with yourself. Absolutely. Independent play is so important. And, and that's another thing I have to remember is that I, it's not a bad thing every once in a while to just let him have that Saturday and not doing anything. Yeah. That's okay too. And that's important for you. As as the, as as a parent and as a, as a person in the world, right? You need relaxing time. Yeah, maybe those are the days that I pre-make those dinners so that way I don't have to cook either. Sure, <laughs> Steve, you could do that Steve as well. He he cooks too. I just don't. Yeah, you could do that. But I mean, it's also a great day to just sort of pop in front of the TV and just like watch something. Yeah. You know, you don't have Get to go out. I'm, you know, this time of year, there's always something to do, and every so often, it's just like. This is a weekend. I'm glad that we don't have any plans this weekend and we can just sit in our butts and do nothing. And you know something? I can pass along my love of natural science documentaries to Sawyer. They'll love it. There you go. Who doesn't love David Attenborough? I mean, everybody loves David Attenborough. I would love that man to narrate my life. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. The Jessica gets out of the bed, resistant to the early orders. Wise, but no and behold, the mate has brought coffee. (laughs) Her mate has brought coffee, ensuring his survival for another day. He leaves relieved and thankful. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, that would be a joy to have that, right? (laughs) Maybe that's what we need when we're feeling a little overwhelmed, just narrate. Your life with your favorite celebrity, Mark Freeman, at Attenborough, Jeff Goldblum. Let's say, let's say your favorite relaxing celebrity. You don't want like a loud, angry voice yelling yeah. in your ear as you narrate, but you like a good, relaxing voice. So the question, the question now is, did we learn anything today? I learned how uncomfortable I am by you even bringing up the thought of not doing a chore, but it only spoke volumes yes. of how much I need to let go and not say like my extroverted life right now is my fault. I, I try to avoid saying like, it's your fault. It's it's just the way things are right now, and I'm trying not to blame myself for that, but I also should be taking responsibility for the things I do have control over, the things I can say no to, and be more protective of my time. Yeah. There's no fault here. No, you're not at fault for not doing those things. You're reacting, mm-hmm. right? And especially when we get tired and when our battery is low, we react. And so when we react, we fall to some natural instinct. And so it's understandable that your natural instinct, you're tired, your your battery is low, you go, I'm going to do the laundry or whatever it might be. But there's no fault there. You can just make a choice. It's a good choice to make. It's a good choice to make. What did I learn? I learned that it is very easy to make Jess very uncomfortable simply by suggesting that she not do a chore. Don't, she don't even say it. She will. I know, right? Already you're like, I'm not a chore. Um, but I think what I what I really learned is in my life, how many years in in jobs I 
because I went to the interview and said, I'm outgoing at a team player or whatever. I felt and I spent a lot of time in the job trying to live up to that and be like, I'm good with people and all this sort of stuff. And maybe I am, but I'm not outgoing. And yeah, I'm a team player, but like those two, those two things don't have to go together. So I spent a lot of time faking that. And it's every one of those jobs where I did that, I was miserable and I hated the job. Yeah, I can almost feel like I as jokingly as I say this, it goes along with the I can feel my cheekbones starting to hurt. It's like I can feel that single tear about to come of like, I'm having a great time. There's <laughs> <laughs> this not. <laughs> You're just like, what what the, what a great day this is. I'm so happy to be here at work. And it's starting to edge onto manic and you just yeah. nobody sees how di- how I'm dying inside. Jessica curled into the fetal position. She gets it's true. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, we're we're back again after after a brief hiatus, and I just wanted to remind you that that to this podcast is something that Jess and I do out of a passion for talking about introvert issues and for talking to you about them. We don't make any money from doing this. And in fact, it costs money to do this. We have to pay for the website hosting, the hosting of the the, the podcast files. We have to pay for uh, editing software uh, in addition to the time it takes to edit and prepare for these things and all of that and to actually record it and all of the things that go into it. And we don't get any money. If you appreciate the work that we do, if, if, if this means something to you, if it's helped you, please consider donating some some cash to this podcast to help us keep going. If just four people donate $5, we will cover the cost of hosting the podcast alone. And maybe if we were to make some more than that, Jess and I could get paid to do this a little bit, which would kind of be nice. So if you have the, if you could spare the, the money, please feel free to donate. You'll find a link to do that in the show notes, which you can find in your podcast app or at the website. But aside from that, the best way, the best thing that you can do is just listening. And because you're listening, we're glad you're here. And we look forward to talking to you in two weeks. But also, if I just may, we love it when you say hi. Oh, shit. Do we ever <laughs> love it when you say hi? I love it when you guys write in. Our favorite, our, like just whenever an email comes in, I'm immediately sharing it with, with Jess. Like, uh, we got an email and I send it over. We talk about it. We comment on it. It's just just nice to, to, to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So keep on coming. Thank you.